and welcome to Generation Mix, the podcast where a father and a son review the CDs the dad's been making for the son for the last five years. I'm the dad, I'm Neil. I'm the son, I'm Joel. And today, if you picked up on our musical clue from last time, then you'll have worked out we're going to be listening to the music of Bucks Fizz. Yeah. Oh, you are so pleased about that, Joel. Yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased. Bucks Fizz won the Eurovision Song Contest in 1981. And went on to have a fairly successful career until about 1988. Funny thing is, they're still going in various formats. We'll touch on the controversies of Bucks Fizz later on. They were my all-time favourite band for a very long time when I was a kid. Some For some reason. I can't explain why. I just absolutely adored their first album and their singles and then their next albums. This is one, therefore, that I'm kind of hoping you might like a little bit more than your withering sigh suggested right at the beginning. And speaking of beginnings, that's where we're going to start with a single that was a bit of a comeback. They reached the top ten with it, and it is New Beginning Mamba Sarah. Okay, that's the best I'm going to get as a reaction on what is a great African-flavoured pop hit single. Yes. Uh, and you're lucky to get okay. Well, that was released in 1986 and got them into the top ten with their highest chart position for four years. So it was something of a comeback. Additionally, it was introducing a new member of the band to the scene, which was Shelley Preston, who'd replaced Jay Aston, who'd left for reasons we won't go into. And it trailed their fifth album, which was called Writing on the Wall. So it was kind of a bit of a comeback. I, I think Mamba Sarah was a deserved top ten single. Oh, I don't. The next track comes from the album directly before it, which was called I Hear Talk. And this is one of my top hundred tracks, so you better like it. It's the title track, I Hear Talk. So it's better than okay. It has to be. But I can't say I like it. I I really like I hear talk. 
This was released as a single in December 84. Just made the top 30. But there are extenuating circumstances behind that. So in December 84, roughly the same time as the single was released, in fact a few days before it was released, the band were involved in a horrendous coach accident in Darlington. One of the members, Mike Nolan, was very badly injured to the point where they thought he was going to die. And so there was absolutely no promotion done for this single. I remember that piece of news. And at the time, pretending that I was no longer a Bucks Fizz fan because they were viewed as being a bit lame. But being, and as they are. Shut up. But being absolutely distraught that my favourite member of the band, who Mike Nolan was my favourite member of the band, might die. Apparently he had the last rites read to him. He was that close to not surviving. He's still with us today. He's a member of a band that are called The Fizz, alongside Cheryl Baker and Jay Aston, who were both original members of Bucks Fizz. There is one person missing from that, and that's Bobby G, who is the only original member still in the band known as Bucks Fizz. But they don't release any new material, whereas The Fizz do. There were no The Fizz tracks on this CD, because I don't think they'd released anything when I made it. So that was I Hear Talk. I think it's the best thing on its parent album and one of their very best singles. Sticking with the singles at the moment and one of their number one hits. They had three of them. This came from the album Are You Ready, which was their highest charting album, reaching number 10. This is My Camera Never Lies. particularly wrong with these songs is there no but there's nothing particularly right about them either but they're pop songs and my camera pop songs well no my camera never lies is a really sophisticated pop song from the early 80s it reached pop. number one and that was because it was actually quite good and people liked it pop peaked at the late no at late noughties early tens it really didn't you like yes, one direction is. Bucks Fizz and that, got way and more. I don't than actually one particularly like One Direction anymore. Anymore, but you're allowed. They're also to. early tens. So. But you're you're allowed to like these things. It's it isn't cool to be a Bucks Fizz fan. I will admit it. But you like what you like, and that's the whole thing about music. And you like what you like. Yeah, but what I like is subjective. Of course it's subjective, it's all subjective. I mean object objective. Well no, One Direction's not really good. Yes they are. They're as manufactured as a band like Bucks Fizz, in fact in some ways more so. Bucks Fizz were created for the Eurovision Song Contest, One Direction were created within a television competition called The X Factor. Anyway, we're never going to agree on this, 
So their third album came out in 1983 called Hand Cut and this is an album cut from it called Surrender Your Heart. That's the worst one so far. Why? I just didn't like it. Well, all the others got at least an okay, didn't they? Yeah. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Surrender Your Heart is a very deep album cut. May not be to everybody's taste. The next track is also a deep album cut from their first album, Buck's Fizz. And this is the album that I have very little objectivity about. I adore the album. It takes me back to being seven years old. This is Midnight Reservation. Okay. Uh, I don't particularly like any of them. So. But I'm ta I'm taking okays as wins here, Joel. If you're saying that they're okay, then that, that's that's a win for me. There's nothing good about them, but there's nothing bad about them at the same time. What's wrong with that? They're Better that there's nothing good, nothing bad, than all bad. True. This was Rush recorded and released <laughs> to capitalise on the Eurovision success. But the next album wasn't. The next album was built on two hit singles and was showing that they were going to be a continued force. It's Are You Ready? It's our second pick from it. And this time it's a single that wasn't, but should have been. It's Another Night. one so far. Ooh! Because because it didn't sound like Buck's Fizz. What do you mean it didn't sound like Buck's Fizz? Well, it didn't really sound two like Two male Bucks vocals, Fizz. two female vocals. It's classic Buck's Fizz. But it sounded more like ABBA than Buck's Fizz. I will concede that in the verses there was a certain ABBA feel to it. It shouldn't be that surprising. ABBA were, and probably still are, the most successful ever Eurovision act. 
that their template and their talent shouldn't actually inspire other Eurovision. It did for years and years, actually. And I suppose Bucks Fizz were, to a certain extent, ABBA-inspired. I like Another Night a lot. Like I say, it could have been a single. I think it was in Spain, and they did record an entire album in Spanish for the Spanish market. So just be glad I didn't put any of the Spanish versions on here. Mm. Honestly, those probably would... I probably would have preferred those, because I like his... I, I like Spanish songs. I don't know. Hang on. That, that sounds like a future in for me there. I could see if I can get you the Spanish Books Fizz album. Way. No. What a shame you're not going to do Spanish GCSE, isn't it? No, I don't care about learning <laughs> Spanish. I just like Spanish music because it sounds good. Well, second single time now. This was their follow-up to their Eurovision winner, Making Your Mind Up, which I did not put on this CD. Why? That's an actually good one. Because I don't particularly like Making Your Mind Up. Why? And, and you'd already got it on various Eurovision compilations that I made you. So I, I didn't really. put Making Your Mind Up on I think Making Your Mind Up is actually one of their weakest singles, even though it was a big smash no, hit. No, that's not true, because it's actually one of their one of their actually decent songs. This is their follow-up single from the debut album, Bucks Fears, and it's Piece of the Action. You like it. You actually you would say it's well above okay. Yes. You like it. It's never going to reach massively. your top 100. No one, been no in mine. Nowhere, nowhere near but massively. you quite like this song. Yeah. Yeah. No, not quite like. Just like. Would you like... Do you like this more than anything by Richard Thompson? Yes. Good. Okay, that's a hit then, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Honestly, I like most of this more than most of... Most Richard Thompson songs. Next track, track eight on our CD, drawn from third album, Hand Cut Again. This is actually perhaps should have been at the end of the CD because it's called Where the Ending Starts. Let me guess, it's a slower, ballady song, and you think it's boring. No, it's okay. Well, it's more meh. <laughs> but it's, it's not bad. You, you, to be honest, it's that boring. you're actually being a little bit more positive on this listen-through than I was expecting you to be when we started it. That's because I was in a bad mood and I didn't really want to record. Our next pick is a cover version. 
This was originally done by a band called The Replacements. I think it was a top 20 hit. It's from the I Hear Talk album and it's Talking in Your Sleep. It's a great song, and there's a good rock guitar. It just doesn't sound it. like them. Now, which is a good thing. Again, what do you mean when you say it doesn't sound like them? What is it that you think? Doesn't it doesn't. Sound e- like them? It doesn't even. The voices don't even sound the same. Okay, now this is an interesting point, and I was going to raise this. This single marks something of a turning point in Bucks Fizz's career. Up to this point, generally speaking, their singles had been the two guys singing, Mike and Bobby, and at some point the two women singing and taking different parts of the song and then all joining together on the chorus. And that was the case for the vast majority of their singles. Every now and then they would release a single where one of the members took the lead. At this point, when Talking In Your Sleep was released, pretty much every song, with a rare exception, that they released as a single after that had Bobby G on lead vocals and their single sales began to drop. A little bit later on, they released New Beginning, which went back to that style of the two vocals and the two women vocals, and it got back into the top 10, and they should have continued that style because that was successful, but they went back to Bobby G doing the lead singles and the next ones all failed. This point, this song, Talking In Your Sleep, off the Height Here Talk album, was the start of Bobby G's dominance of the group vocally that I think was detrimental to their success. Is Bobby G the one that's not in the new one? Bobby G is the only one who's not in The Fizz. His wife, Heidi Manton, owns the Bucks Fizz name. So they can't record under Bucks Fizz, they can't perform under the name Bucks Fizz because she owns it, even though she was never involved in the band from the beginning. It's a really strange story, all that stuff about Bucks Fizz and the litigation that went on. But Talking In Your Sleep is a good song. It was a good song by The Replacements. It's a good cover version by them. It's well sung. It marks the start of their real decline. So let's go back to when they were young, having fun and enjoying themselves, which was the Buxtiz album, but a daft, fun, silly track called The Right Situation. And this is just a fun song. It is fun. No. It's That's the album day. closer. That's a pop party on a song. I love that song. It's, it, 
You love too many songs, and most of them aren't deserved. I love many, many, many songs. Ah. Uh, yeah, too many. Should we go to another hit single? You seem to have liked sure. a lot of the hit singles more than others. This is from Handcut, the third album, and it's Run For Your Life. Which is interesting because you said the same thing about My Camera Never Lies. And I was just reading something about the reception this song got when it was released. And actually, people said it was very similar to My Camera Never Lies. And I'd never noticed that. And just listening to it, I was thinking, yeah, the electric drums in that are very, very similar in sound. Okay. It's a good pop single, though. Your, your mum's done running to this. When she wanted some songs. Mum does running to anything you give her. That's true. And when I made her a compilation of songs to run to, I put Run For Your Life on it. And just as she was coming to the end of her park run, this came on and she said it was quite appropriate. <laughs> oh, well. The next song I think is absolutely beautiful. But I've got a feeling you're not going to like it. It's, it's from the I Hear Talk album and it's Tears on the Ballroom Floor. same time the same thing well it's dated it's of its time early 80s it's incredibly pop. dated there's nothing wrong with stuff that's dated if you enjoy there it and though. you don't enjoy it i do enjoy it which is fair enough i hear talk is the only album that i don't own on vinyl by books first good because it means you it's not you don't play it ran, random intervals in the lounge but i'd like to own it on vinyl if i see it somewhere i may well pick it up and add it it's the missing one I owned everything by this band. The first two albums on cassette, the third one, hand cut, I got on vinyl, and the rest of them were on vinyl. I got their greatest hits on vinyl. I owned the lot. I never bought singles because I never saw the point, despite the fact they had B-sides on them, but I owned every single album. Uh, it's nostalgia fest for me. We're going to go back an album to hand cut and the I'd like to say I love you.
okay. It sounded like something that would be played at an Olympics, though. At least the, the start. Of <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, I can see what your point is. It's got a running vibe to it. That's quite good, actually. Yeah, I, I, yes. <laughs> Specifically, the Mario and Sonic Olympics, the video games. Right. Because they have weird music for it, and it sounds like that a lot of the time. So, do you, but you, you thought the song was okay? Yes. I think the next song is going to be your favourite on the whole CD. Maybe, maybe not. Their biggest hit, their biggest seller, and probably even though what they won the Eurovision Song Contest is what they became famous for, I think this is what they are best known for, the land of make-believe. Tell me it's your favourite. I quite like that one. Yes! Don't it's, know if it's my favourite or not. It's their, it's their crowning glory. Even several members of the band reckon it's their best ever single. It's a, it's a song that actually sounds a bit Christmassy, which is interesting. It was released over the Christmas period, got number one in the new year. It's actually about Thatcherism. The band didn't know what they were singing about. The guys who wrote it said that the line, something nasty in your gardens waiting patiently till it can have your heart, is a reference to the politics of the time. Land of Make Believe was, of course, our theme song that we used. It's probably their best known thing because that still gets played on radio still today. Let's go back to the previous album for another slice of pop fun, what I think is fun anyway, which is Shine On. Like it. That bit in the middle after the instrumental break and they do the the bridge, well it's not a bridge, it's a link part into the chorus, and then they do the gear change in the word shine. I loved that when I was a kid. That was so seminal to my musical education. I love a gear change in a song when it's done well, and that's one of my all-time favourites. To, to move up a key in the middle of singing the word shine, ah, oh, loved it. Okay. Am I slightly tragic, Joel? Yes. Thanks. Their final single, originally on the Hand Cut album, it was released as a single in 1989 and flopped, completely flopped. It was too late by this point. They were no longer a going concern. It's a beautiful piece called You Love Love. You love, love. 
Is that actually the first track on here you've actively disliked? No, it's probably like the second, but yeah. I understand why you say it's boring. And I also understand why it was a failed single. I don't think it actually would have worked as a third single from the Hand Cut album. I think it would have still failed then. They actually went with a new track called When We Were Young, which reached the top ten. So ultimately, I think they probably made the right decision. But You Love Love is a beautiful little album track i just don't think it's single material the next track is from i hear talk and i think this might be my least favorite that we're going to have on this cd it's called thief in the night Yeah, you actually hated it. It's it's definitely my least favourite on this CD. I don't think I hated it. I, I think I didn't like it. I think I included it to show you that they did some very different type of things, still being pop, but a different type of pop. There's quite dark chords in that, really. It's got a dark feel to it. The next track Two is... Two left, let's go. The next track I think will be among your favourites on here. Okay. This was their final single that was brand new at the time. It was, at one point, a Guinness World Records holder in terms of the speed from which it was recorded to released and, and pressed as a single. It's Heart of Stone. We Heartstone. You're right. It's actually it's actually okay. 
Books Fizz are not a band known for people covering the songs they made famous, with the exception of Heart of Stone. This came out in 1988. Less than a year later, it was being covered by an artist called Cher. So Cher was originally part of a duo called Sonny and Cher. She had number one hit singles in the 60s, she had hits through the 70s, and then she had a massive comeback in 1989 with an album called Heart of Stone, which featured the track Heart of Stone, and people fell over it with praise about how much they loved this song, and it had already been a failed single for Bucks Fizz. It This barely cracked the top 40. In fact, I don't think it even made the top 60, but it proves that there was great songs in there, and Heart of Stone's fantastic. It was their final song as Bucks Fizz that was released as a single that was new, and I love Heartstone. I think you liked it too, didn't you? Yeah, it's okay. So we're going to conclude this listen through with my all-time favourite Bucks Fizz song, which also happens to be my all-time favourite single of theirs. I think this song is flawless, and I think the performance on it is flawless. It's now those days are gone. Crying, finding comfort in the friends we knew. Now it's just me and you. Trying alone, we used to get along. We used to now those days are gone. Playing with what? To find what we lost along the way Could it be one day our feelings change I hope we see it through Cause I just can't stand the thought Of life without you It's not, I, you know, I'll I'll take okay. It's not boring. It's intricate. It's beautifully sung. That's Mike Nolan taking the lead on it this time, and it was one minute twenty seconds into the song before you heard any instruments. The whole of the start of that was a cappella group vocals, and then when the record company heard this, there was a round of applause and said, "That's the next single." It was a really brave choice as a single because it was so different to everything else they'd done, but it's a beautiful song. That is, for me, utterly timeless. That is a top 20 song for my entire life. I adore Now Those Days Are Gone. I think okay. it's beautiful. It is, for me, comfortably their best ever song. It was nominated for an Ivan Novella Award, the guys who wrote it. And I think it's beautiful. And it's the song I play to people when they slag off Bucks Fizz. I say, listen to this and tell me that they couldn't sing and that this isn't good music, because it is. But I'm passionate about that song. <laughs> so what did you think overall? It's okay. So if I play this in the car, you're not going to complain too much? No, I will. I will complain. Why? Because it's boring. It isn't boring, it's pop. It all sounds the same. Well... Our new policy is that if you enjoy one of these run-throughs, I don't get a revenge. 
So am I going to get a Joel's Revenge? That's not the new policy. That is the new policy. You will always get a revenge. There's an episode where you didn't give me a revenge. Because I couldn't think of one and now I've done my top 100 and I've realised there's loads of songs I haven't revenged you on. But you said the policy, you agreed that the policy would be that if you enjoyed one of these, you wouldn't revenge me. No, I change, I've changed my mind. So, I have a revenge today. So, my Joel's revenge today is um, an anime song. An anime song? Yes, it's an anime theme song. Cover. Go on then. What so is it called? The My Hero Academia Peace Sign cover by Caleb Pyle. So it's time to throw up a peace sign running towards the path before me. So what did you think? I, I don't expect you to enjoy it. Why do you not expect me to enjoy it? Because it's anime. It doesn't matter, I actually quite like that. Yeah. I think I even liked the Japanese version a little bit better than the English version. Mm. His voice really reminds me of somebody's and I can't place it. I, but I quite liked it. I thought it was one of your better revenges. Well, it's time for a little bit of cross-promotion. You can go first. Yeah. My YouTube channel is called Fox Eating Nuggets Gaming. I play Minecraft. And my YouTube channel is called Pock and Rop, and it's all about music. There may actually be a crossover episode between my channel and this podcast in the next week or so, because Joel and I have decided what we're doing is our next episode, which will be one of our bonus ones. And a certain somebody released their brand new album yesterday that Joel's a big fan of, which is... Adele? Correct. Adele 30 was released yesterday. I thought it was like two weeks ago. No, it was released yesterday. ABBA was released two weeks ago. So we're going to listen to Adele 30 and say what we think about it on this podcast. That's effectively going to be an actual review of something brand new. So I'm quite looking forward to listening to that. It's coming on vinyl in the next couple of days for me. So we'll be recording in the lounge. We probably will be, yeah. Okay. However, listen out for the musical clue for the episode that will come after it. But until next time, thanks very much for listening. This is Pock and Rock signing off. Bye! Bye.